0: Hello and welcome to The Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Shane Bigham. Coming up in this edition, some of Israel's far-right ministers are calling for heavier restrictions on Palestinians following a deadly shooting in the occupied West Bank which prompted raids by Israeli forces. G20 foreign ministers have wrapped up a two-day meeting in Rio de Janeiro, focusing on global security and the reform of global institutions. And a zoo in the Spanish capitals hosted a farewell party for its beloved panda family of five, who will soon return to China. We start in the Middle East. Some of Israel's far-right ministers are calling for heavier restrictions on Palestinians. It follows a deadly shooting in the occupied West Bank, which prompted raids by Israeli forces. In Gaza, eight groups plan to evacuate around 140 patients stranded in Nasser Hospital. Palestinian authorities reported that Israeli troops withdrew from the complex and then stormed it again. Israeli media say the nation will join ceasefire negotiations in Paris this weekend with the U.S., Qatar and Egypt. AP correspondent Elena Beccatori reports from Jerusalem
1: gunmen opened fire on motorists stopped at a checkpoint in the West Bank near an Israeli settlement this comes after a series of similar attacks in various parts of Israel one Israeli man was killed a man in his 20s and several were wounded some of them quite seriously now the Israeli police said that two of the three attackers were killed and the third was later apprehended The Israeli hardline national security minister, Itamar Ben-Gvir, visited the site of the attack and he called for more restrictions to be placed on Palestinians in the West Bank. And he also called for the arming of Israeli civilians. Now separately there are talks that are being held for a ceasefire. These are talks that are being brokered by the United States, Qatar and Egypt. So far, there hasn't been much progress, but there have been a few signs, a few glimmers of hope. The Israeli Defense Minister said that the Israeli delegation was being given expanded uh, authority for these negotiations. And this comes after one of the three members of the War Cabinet uh, said earlier this week that there was some progress being made. Now, however, both of them have insisted that if there isn't progress, an Israeli offensive will continue into Rafa. This is a town on, in the far end of, the, of the, the Gaza Strip. It is on the border with Egypt, and it is where more than half of Gaza's population is currently sheltering. The Israeli Prime Minister had promised that there would be some kind of an evacuation for the civilians, before an operation takes place, but what the details of such an evacuation still remain unclear. It's unclear when the civilians could be evacuated and where they could be evacuated to.
0: That was Elena Becatoros reporting from Jerusalem. Fears are mounting as the United Nations Aid Agency for Palestinian Refugees is set to close down in the coming days due to a lack of funding. Major donor countries like the U.S. and Germany have suspended payments to UNRWA pending the results of a probe into allegations that around 12 agency staff members participated in the Hamas attacks on Israel on October the seventh. Jody Jacobs reports from the United Nations.
2: For millions of Palestinians in Gaza, the primary UN agency ANWA is a lifeline. They depend on it for healthcare, care, social services, jobs and food. ANWR staff were accused last month of participating in the October 7th attacks on Israel. This led to a full-blown United Nations investigation. At least 17 donor countries and the European Union got their funding which the agency says has worsened an already dire humanitarian situation. ANWA warns that it will most likely be forced to shut down its operations in the Middle East at the end of the month if the funding does not resume. But the United Nations says there is no other agency in the world that can replace ANWA. Any attempt of replacement that is not possible, if it would be possible, would mean a huge multiplication of the resources needed for the humanitarian action. Oxfam, one of the aid agencies that works alongside ANWA, estimates more than two million people are already facing hunger in the Palestinian territories.
1: Oxfam and other aid organizations have no capacity to consume the work and the role that UNRWA is currently doing. And it will be disastrous, let me just put it that way. Anra closing shop on the 1st of March is something that we can't even begin to imagine. I think this is a time when, when with everything that's happening in Gaza, this is a time when aid should be increased.
2: But Israel's ambassador to the United Nations says there's long-standing proof that Hamas has infiltrated Anwa, and the UN has done nothing about it. We implored them for years to carry out a comprehensive search of all UNRWA facilities in Gaza. Yet not only did they refuse, they chose to bury their heads in the sand and ignore the reality. A claim the United Nations has refuted. Countries like the U.S., Germany and the United Kingdom have publicly maintained that they will only reinstate funding once the investigation is complete. The U.N. Secretary General will only receive an interim report into that investigation in late March. Many say it might be too late, and the agency will have to close down,
0: leaving millions of people destitute and hungry. That was Jody Jacobs reporting from the United Nations. In Europe, a zoo in the Spanish capital has hosted a farewell party for its beloved panda family of five who will soon return to China. The panda couple, accompanied by their three cubs born in Madrid, will fly back to Chengdu in southwest China next week. The zoo is expecting a younger panda couple from China in the coming months, following the renewal of its agreement for giant panda protection with the China Wildlife Conservation Association. Ken Brown has more.
3: A fond farewell to Madrid's most lovable family. Chinese giant panda couple Hua Zui Ba and Bing Xing arrived at Madrid Zoo in 2007 as a gift of friendship from China to Spain. After 17 years of service and 6 cubs born in the country, mom and dad are ready for a new life in China. The family will stay together too, 5 members travelling to Chengdu. China's ambassador to Spain, Yao Jing, talked of the family as a symbol of friendship between the two nations. Through this joint uh, research, through this uh, joint uh, protection, through through these joint uh, efforts that we are increasing our mutual understanding. So I think that uh, through this kind of cooperation, this, this kind of bond, our mutual understanding, friendship and also mutual care about the world have been enhanced and promoted. Hua and Bing are parents of the zoo's current star attractions, twin giant panda cubs Yo-Yo and Jojo. But now it's time to head to the Chengdu Panda Research Center. Spain's panda lovers need not be too disappointed though, as China has promised to send a younger couple in their place. The news was announced by Foreign Minister Wang Yi earlier in the week, to the delight of many across Spain. While well, it's a sad day on one hand, saying goodbye to Xing and family here at the Madrid Zoo, it's also a success story in collaboration with the China Wildlife Conservation Association and six new panda cubs being brought into the world. Chinese giant panda numbers in the wild have risen from 1,100 in the 80s to almost 2,000 in 2023 with 728 more pandas in zoos and protection centers around the world like the one in Madrid. It's a species that have gone from endangered to vulnerable status. Now Madrid Zoo awaits its new arrivals with anticipation. The best would be that we are able to breed again with the young couple and maybe we try natural mating instead artificial insemination that it was needed here but we hope that we breed successfully too. No farewell party
0: would be complete without a slice of bamboo cake. The perfect retirement present. That was Ken Brown in Spain. In the United States, panda diplomacy is back in California, as China's planning to send a pair of giant pandas to the San Diego Zoo this summer. The California park hasn't had any pandas in five years. Nathan King has more on what's in store for the furry duo.
4: Here at the National Zoo in the heart of Washington, D.C., there is a sense of excitement. They know that pandas are coming back to the U.S. First, in the West Coast, but if things go right, another loan to Washington, D.C. could be on the cards, as well as, of course, the placements in Madrid and potentially Austria as well. I tell you, things have not been the same here since last November, when you remember that Mei Xiang, Chan Chan, and their cub, Xiao Qiji, uh, who had been here, obviously, for a while and the continuous panda program since 1972 took that fedex panda express back to china so the hopes here are high and panda diplomacy has been important pandas of course uh, the giant panda unique to china and unique in people's hearts here in washington as they will be in san diego you know the us nearly didn't have any pandas at all the only ones uh, left on the lending program were uh, and are in Atlanta, Georgia, but they are scheduled to return as well. So this new generation, uh, also because relations in China and the U.S. have been improving, of pandas coming through, uh, is going to be exciting here on the east coast in Washington if they come, definitely in San Diego, and it will pull in the crowds
0: and hopefully warm relations too. That was Nathan King on China's latest decision to dispatch a fresh pair of pandas to California. In Latin America, G20 foreign ministers have wrapped up their two-day meeting in Rio de Janeiro, focusing on global security and the reform of global institutions. China sent Vice Foreign Minister Ma Jiao to the event, and he's met with the Brazilian foreign minister and other foreign dignitaries. The group decided to schedule a second meeting of the foreign ministers in September to keep working on preparations for this year's G20 summit in November. Paulo Cabral reports.
5: The second day of the G20 foreign ministers' meeting in Rio de Janeiro was dedicated to discussing global governance and the need to reform international multilateral institutions. But there were still echoes of the first day's talks, all behind closed doors when the focus was on global security. Just ahead of the meeting, Chinese vice foreign minister Ma Zhaoxu had stated that China didn't believe the G20 should be a platform for resolving geopolitical and security issues. Nevertheless, Brazilian Foreign Minister Mauro Vieira reported to the media that conflicts like Gaza did enter the talks. Many Many have taken a stand against the announced operation of Israel in Gaza, calling on the government of Israel to reconsider and immediately suspend this decision. Additionally, there was virtually unanimous support for the two-state solution as the only possible solution to the conflict between Israel and Palestine. Outside the meeting venue in downtown Rio de Janeiro, a small group also staged a protest against Israel's military operations in Gaza. Just days after Brazilian President Luiz Inácio Lula da Silva ignited controversy and a diplomatic row with Israel by comparing the attacks on Palestinian territory to the Holocaust. After a day of talks here dedicated to global security, the second day of the meeting focused on reform of global governance institutions. This is one of Brazil's top priorities as it holds the G20's presidency, with the issue also expected to feature prominently at the group's summit in November, here again in Rio de Janeiro. During the foreign minister's Thursday briefing, he said all countries agreed on the urgent need for reform. Everyone agreed on the fact that the main multilateral institutions, the UN, World Trade Organization, International Monetary Fund, among others, need to reform to adapt to the challenges of today's world. Vieira also revealed that the G20 members unanimously agreed to hold a second foreign minister's meeting in September at UN headquarters in New York ahead of the organization's General Assembly. Another step in efforts to build a strong and meaningful summit of the heads of state set to take place here nine months from now.
0: That was Paulo Cabral on the G20 foreign minister's meeting in Brazil. Recapping today's headlines: some of Israel's far-right ministers have called for heavier restrictions on Palestinians following a deadly shooting in the occupied West Bank which prompted raids by Israeli forces. G20 foreign ministers have wrapped up their two-day meeting in Rio de Janeiro focusing on global security and the reform of global institutions. And a zoo in the Spanish capital has hosted a farewell party for its beloved panda family of five who will soon return to China. That's it for this edition of The Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sport, and culture, you can subscribe to The Beijing Hour, the one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Shane Bigham. Thanks for listening.